Welcome to episode 128, another phenomenal episode of the Book Wars pod. Uh, wow, just already. I, I, lo- I love the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's happened yet and we're already Honor, just going listen, for it. <laughs> always live your life with the confidence of a mediocre white man. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they this say. this podcast teaches anybody anything, it's got to be that. Um, I am said mediocre white man, Chris. Uh, I am joined by Miranda and Kristen and our very special guest host for the next few episodes, Adriana, who is the host of the Starships podcast on the Clashing Sabres podcast network. Welcome. We are so happy to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Again, very confident here. (laughs) Just a lot of. A lot of positivity that doesn't usually come from this podcast, but we're going to roll with it. It's great. <laughs> it's it's not probably over yet. I'm covered in smoke, so maybe that's uh, bringing me down. Yeah, that's it's entirely possible. Headache. Breathing is, I hear, good for happiness levels. Minor details. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all here to start talking about our next book. Uh, for those who are caught up on the podcast... We are still going to finish up our wrap-up uh, of Resistance Reborn. We are going to record that sometime in the next couple weeks, so it'll come out a little out of order. But in the meantime, we are thrilled to be starting A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova, uh, a wonderful Star Wars author. Uh, and this is a wonderful entry into the YA series of Star Wars books. Uh, also, producers know. I think I'm just going. To, we're just going to make this episode 128, and then just make the oh, other yeah, one I figured. episode 127 <laughs> even if it comes out later <laughs> numbers aren't real. that's very book wars part of us i didn't realize that we that our last one wasn't 127 that works, I, that works I don't think it is i'm gonna double check because now i don't trust myself but i mean you, anyway you keep more on it i'm not supposed to be on this podcast <laughs> anyway numbers, it's episode 128 because we said numbers so. are fake oh numbers yep, are super i fake. i sure i sure left 127 open so <laughs> 127 is a ghost episode that will come out at some point, or we will change the number of episode this is. Who's to say? Episode 127 is actually the trailer for Mandalorian Season 2. Episode 127 is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we start talking about all things Batu, uh, what is everyone drinking? Adriana, okay. as our guest of honor, what are you drinking first? Please do not judge me. I am a weenie. Well, not really. I mostly just drink the hard stuff. And today, I didn't feel like drinking the hard stuff. So I have um, an Ace uh, Pineapple pineapple Craft Cider. Oh, that sounds great. I'm judging myself, honestly, for not having that. Because that sounds better. (laughs) Ace is so good. Nice and delicious and cold. And I also have some joint juice. Yum. I love it. <laughs> I have bad joints. <laughs> yes. Ace Ciders out of California for those of you Thank who you. are. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. I'm now on this segment. So <laughs> just on my part. I mean, it's the drinking segment. It's, it fits. 
It's the beer segment. I yeah. love drinking. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking, Kristen? Uh, I don't know yet. Actually, no, I know what it is. I just haven't had any yet. Um, I'm drinking this thing called Blood Orange Vodka Soda from Ten Barrel <laughs> Brewing. That sounds I good. I have no idea how it's going to be. Um, oh, you let it me says know? this vodka soda is mixed using our pre. I don't know how they were legally allowed to do this. Is really my question. This vodka <laughs> soda is mixed using our premium craft spirits, a blood orange vodka married with our pure Cascade water to create a refreshing cocktail with a citrus kick. So this is like a beer company that we've had on the podcast many times. They're out of bend, um, but <laughs> so, <laughs> this is all just going to sound very annoying, and I don't care. Um, some of my friends who were on keto, I let borrow our. Uh, bar our cooler and it came back full of like drinks that they weren't allowed to drink while they were camping before all the fires started so this was one of them i like how cider has just like we, we've moved past cider we're now just on canned <laughs> vodka soda yeah it's just a little jumping straight to the good stuff it's a little weird i don't it is boozier than like a truly or a white claw it's seven percent oh, it fuck. definitely tastes like vodka soda um is it like actually vodka or is it a malt beverage? You know, how are they, how, actually, how are they getting around that? This, thank you. This is my question, Miranda. I'm like, how are they getting around the laws that we are not allowed to can vodka soda? And yet here it is. Uh, I don't um, know. You can, uh, you can is, get. Are you um, not allowed to can cocktails? Yeah. Not, I was going to ask. Not, not really. There's a, dis- there's a distillery that does um, gin and tonics in cans. I had their bourbon a few on the last um, Galaxy's Edge related pod, which shall not be named, um, <laughs> and like I had the bourbon, but on their website, like they advertise um, canned gin and tonics. So I also don't know the rules. I love people also ask, "Can I drink vodka with soda?" You can. You sure can. Um, <laughs> sorry, do, do people ask that? Uh, uh, apparently, Google. I said, "Can you can vodka soda?" Which I can see how that would be a confusing thing for Google to answer. Um, I okay. I I'm not. I feel like that's like I'm not sure. freshmen who are thinking of soda as like can you put vodka in like Coke? Like right. Okay. I, I actually yeah, have a really funny story okay, about this. Sorry. It doesn't matter. None, none of this matters. They obviously can. I'm drinking it. It's not that good. It tastes. I would. I think I would rather be over ice. Yeah. Because that's kind Fair. of how I like. I'm like it's not. Uh, uh. Like, it tastes like vodka. Anyway, okay. Anything vodka Thank needs you. to be ice cold. Sorry, Miranda, you were saying. Yeah, I was at a shitty bar in college. I want to say it was McFadden's. I mean, <laughs> And uh, a friend of mine, so, you know, there are a bunch of us there together. She comes back with her drink, and she's like, this tastes really weird. Like, it tastes wrong. She had asked for a vodka soda. Oh, no. And, like, she assumed that it would be, like, Coke or Sprite or something because she didn't want to make the decision. Oh, <laughs> and so they gave her a vodka soda. Oh, Tur- Lord. Turns out it's not the same. Uh, R.I.P. McFadden's <laughs> D.C. Oh. <laughs> literally rest, not R.I.P. They rest very, my... very deeply in peace. They literally halfway had through to my close senior it. year. They literally Is that when they closed so... down? Yeah, it was after the stabbing. <laughs> there was yeah. a stabbing. Uh, Adriana, for, for you and any of our listeners who don't know, so Kristen, Miranda, and I went to uh, the same college, and the nearest bar was this place called McFadden's. It was incredibly sketchy, um, like very party bar, like nobody actually went 
except for the fact that like they gave everybody these happy hours where if you gave their name at the door you could like drink for like two dollars a drink or something like that um and what finally closed them down um because they were like surprisingly strict (laughs) on ids which was weird the one Um, bar in dc that was yeah the yeah pretty much the only bar in dc that was like religious about ids because they knew that if cops ever got in they would shut them down for everything else um what finally shut them down is that there was a fight there and someone got stabbed like five people got stabbed five people got stabbed and instead of calling the cops which somebody else did but instead of calling the cops the proprietors of the bar tried to clean it up before the cops got there wow that's I'm sorry, that's really sad considering I went to Cal State San Bernardino <laughs> and I live in San Bernardino. <laughs> Shout out to San Bernardino. I love it. I have family down there, so I, I, I felt that statement just right here. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, San Bernardino is about an hour from Los Angeles. <laughs> That's how I explain it to everyone. Where do you live? California. Where's where do you where though? Los Angeles area? That's that's the best way, I guess. Everybody I mean nobody knows California. Like unless they've been to California extensively, you just say like San Francisco area or LA area. Those are the only two places. Pretty much. Occasionally San Diego if they're like sports fans. Although I guess baseball's the only sport left there, but a lot of sometimes I say I'm like forty minutes from Disneyland. There you the, go. Yeah, if they're like a Disney or Star Wars person, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's very fair. Um. Oh, and I haven't said what I'm drinking. I'm drinking uh some Irish whiskey, um, Glendonough Irish whiskey. Uh, I believe I've had it recently on the podcast. You had it last week. I thought so. Br- it's, brown Listen, it's been several days <laughs> since we last recorded. I can't be expected to remember what I was drinking then. It's been seven days since Book Wars Pod's last incident. So yeah, I was going to say. I don't know who you are or where incident. you came from. Uh, but yeah, Irish whiskey, it's good. I am, it's, it's always hotter in our office than it is in our living room. And so I was like, oh, maybe I don't like want like a seltzer. Maybe I can do something that's not like, you know, refrigerated and refreshing. And I'm kind of regretting that decision, but we're just going to push forward. Cool. You can't just like pause and go get something else to drink. No, that's far. He's, that's that's he's above committed. the level of effort to which we're willing to go on this pod. <laughs> Another happy landing. Um, Miranda, did you say what you're drinking? I did not. I'm drinking beer. Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a Karina. Uh, it's a sour peach sour from our friends at ecliptic brewing here in portland they also have a very good tangerine sour which i don't remember the name of but i had it when we were starting today so it's yes. all around. it's deeply deeply upsetting <laughs> you had the tangerine one yeah uh tucana Yes, I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, this is what I'm for. <laughs> Thank you. End of list. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing you're for, Kristen, is to prompt us to ask when and where we are in this new book. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, for those who 
didn't read along, or for those who are like Christian and can't remember times, places, or names. Uh, we are on Batu, which makes sense since it is fittingly a tie-in with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is the area of Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort that is quote unquote Star Wars land. Uh, the timing is that the bulk of it outside the prologue takes place a few months after The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, it's a few months after the destruction of the Hosnian system, as I think it's Izzy tells us. Uh, and uh, so basically, like, right in between the two, the second and third movies of the trilogy, I think it's the bulk of it is after um, Black Spire, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire by Delilah Dawson, which we talked mm-hmm. about in previous episodes, because that is, that's like right after, right? Uh, yeah, so, I oh, you know what, that makes sense, because I think um, Black Spire was vaguely during and after um, The Last Jedi, or maybe it was, like, between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, um, but yeah, there's this no is... no time difference <laughs> between... I mean, there's yeah. 13 seconds between The Last Jedi and, like, The Rise of Skywalker, so it's fine. Black Spire takes place during Holdo's Leap. <laughs> um, but they... The one thing that does tell us this is after uh, Black Spire is the presence of the Stormtroopers, which, if you, for some reason, read Black Spire, um, the, the Stormtroopers, like, show up in the middle of it. Spoilers. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that uh, is an extra I, point. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> if you'd like to, to hear uh, some wonderful people drag their shit out of that book, um, it's episode 123 of this terrible podcast um, where we have Jane Anon and uh, Rob at Smooth Lake Mayo on to drag the ever-loving shit out of it. So if you're interested in why we're talking about it in this terrible tone... That's why. It's bad and racist. What? Indeed. It's exactly... You guys are the reason why I'm not reading it. <laughs> if that is the, the one service we provide, it is, it's a job well done, honestly. It's the, mo- the most successful episode, I think, we've had on the Book Wars pod. By, by the metric of just being decent Influ- content? Or... Like, yeah, like... <laughs> We we helped people like we we provided something to co- the community and to society by saying don't read this fucking racist ass book, <laughs> it's not good and it wouldn't be good even if it wasn't super fucking racist. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna... that's also what I remember. Sorry, go ahead, Adriana. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna read either of them because I've been to Galaxy's Edge and I don't know if I'm in the minority of Star Wars fans, but I don't care for it that much. Ooh, um, intrigue. Uh, which, reading this book um, makes me know exactly why I don't care for Galaxy's Edge that much. But I guess we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to get into that because I want to know. As somebody it's... whose trip to Galaxy's Edge was supposed to happen the week the country went into quarantine... Oh, so yeah. I've been desperately wanting to go. I want I want to hear your take. We're doomed. <laughs> and I think I think 
mostly it's because I'm a pass holder. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, that has a lot to do with it. And also because I think I've been wanting a pod racing like roller coaster all of my life and they didn't give me that. So (laughs) now this is pod racing. Now this is pod racing. (laughs) Oh, Kristen, was that first one not the drop? I couldn't tell. Um, hey, Hope Springs Eternal. We tweet at Disney. Tweet at Bob Iger, who isn't even in charge anymore. <laughs> at I see people tweeting at Michael Eisner occasionally, like these like fucking trolls tweeting at Michael Eisner, and I'm like, Why? way to be up on the times, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh that, Lord, that ain't it. Twitter. Yeah, what a place. Yeah, I but... don't like that place. <laughs> but yet there I am. <laughs> constantly doom scrolling (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i think uh you know one thing that does i guess if you wanted to read black spire like if you read that first you'd maybe have like a little bit of background on some of the you know local batu folks um in and around uh black spire outpost because we do see a lot of like old friends in this um you know there are characters who are mentioned in black spire um local businesses the cantina all of that stuff um but more importantly one of our favorite blue boys (laughs) as Kristen, cheers mr hondo onaka Okay, I was wondering who we were talking about because he's not blue. <laughs> he's absolutely not, not blue. <laughs> you just think that he's blue because I like I him. I was really wondering. <laughs> I knew who she was, was talking about. I'm so sorry. I, I knew who I'm she on was this podcast way too much today. <laughs> See, my reputation green, precedes right? me in a, the worst no. possible way. He, is he orange? Miranda, I'm going to need you to watch <laughs> Star Wars at some point. He's like brown. <laughs> he's like, uh, you... I don't know. Go to Brown, my Twitter is, and I'm, scroll. He's there. My Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I think I or tweeted Google. specifically. Just, yeah, I'm gonna Google it. Just I think Honda. I I okay. specifically took a picture of Hondo when I was at Galaxy's Edge and tweeted it to Kristen. <laughs> I think you did. You're doing God's work. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh yeah, he's kind. He's vaguely brown to light Solidly purple. brown. Miranda, solidly brown. I thought he was blue. I was on it, honest to God. I was like racking my brain to like see if I missed like a Cad Bane or a um. Uh, what's the what's the blue guy the uh, in Return of the Jedi the musician who, whose name I can never remember. Max Rebo, thank you, Kate, from the background. Um, I I was like racking my brain to see if I missed a mention of one of those two when you said one of our favorite blue boys in the outline. <laughs> So one of our favorite blue boys, Hondo Onaka, <laughs> uh, he he makes a Menchi only appearance at this point. Uh, he has a presence on Batu. He's got his little shipping company, which I'm sure is very reputable. Mm-hmm. Just totally above the board. Um, but that is a thing. We know people and beings in this book from other Star Wars media. Pow, pow. We do. Also, Doc Ondar is primarily known 
through Galaxy's Edge, but there is a little pre-opening of Galaxy's Edge Easter egg in Solo where Doc Ondar is mentioned as being at the party on Dryden's yacht where An and Kira reconnect. It's the tiniest of Easter eggs. Let me that really has Wikipedia no that really quick. <laughs> I know, right? I only know that because I like kept seeing people talk about it on Twitter and then like finally just like Wikipedia it and been, was like, where is he in this? And then like it like said the line where his name is mentioned. I'm like, yeah, I never would have gotten that. Yeah, I like vaguely watched Solo recently and I I like Solo I and I would it's, never Yeah, I no, I was gonna say I recently watched that. And I don't remember that at all. I, but I also have a bad memory, so that's probably... Seems fine. That's why we let her on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> needs to, someone needs to have a bad memory. Now and that don't Kristen feel... is in the producer role. Yes, don't ever feel bad about Chris knowing something. It's the fucking most so annoying thing. <laughs> He knows. He just is like, oh, I'm in this very specific uh, blaster <laughs> that's located on this uh, ship, and I'm like, Chris, what the, f- what the fuck? <laughs> this, is, this is what I do. I'm white and I know things, Chris. Yeah. Anyway, okay, bye. Uh, all right. So let's talk. Let's talk about the book, other than our favorite honorary blue boy. <laughs> um, obviously, this book, the main point of it, other than being taking place in Galaxy's Edge is the relationship between Izzy and Jules. Um, and I love them so much. They are my favorites. They're very good teens. What was y'all's opinions on them? Adriana, how did you feel about like them and their background and like the writing of them? Uh, I really, I really did like, uh, I don't know if this is a little bit off topic, but it it, it kind of goes. Um, so I really like their names. Uh, mm-hmm. Izzy's name is Isal, and then her mom's name is Isel. And they're not necessarily straight like Mayan, like common names, but they it's very much rooted in that. And um, that's something I really appreciated uh, because, you know, obviously repre- representation matters. Uh, so that was really cool to see that those character names explicitly... Uh, mentioned her last name Garcia, but spelled like with a C, like the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, so definitely really appreciated that that aspect. Um, and then uh, I also wasn't sure because I haven't read past chapter eleven. Um, but I did want to mention I have it in my notes. Um, the name Lee. Uh, Lita, I wasn't sure if it was meant to be like a call, um, because it's like Spanish for grandmother. So I wasn't sure. Like some people use that. I use I call my grandma ama, uh, but I know one of my friends calls her grandma Lita. It's short for abuelita. So I was wondering if she's gonna play a bigger part, and then she was gone. I was like, oh okay, never mind. <laughs> um, so just something I wanted to talk about when, um, when talking about their them specifically as characters (laughs) i think that's a good thing to add to the rap as well to explore that a little deeper because like look at what happens (laughs) when somebody who is not white writes a star wars it's a novel concept yeah and 
I feel like this because the last book I read before this, I you probably haven't read it yet, is the Poe Dameron Freefall. Um, and so I feel like she does, uh, Zoraida Cordova does a really good job of being very like including a lot of things that like I can appreciate, like just as far as representation, um, and it's not forced. And I didn't really get any of that with Poe Dameron Freefall, which I mean, I, I liked it, but I wish as the person who wrote it was, you know, Latino that he could have done a little bit more. I don't know. Um, so I really appreciated the over, like, overt, but not forced and not like, um, I don't know what the word is like not so much it was just the right amount of yeah it didn't feel like over the top like yeah aspects mm-hmm. of speaking of the other galaxy's edge book black spire did, <laughs> um i know miranda and mel and kate and rob talked extensively about how Delilah dawson's only understanding of black women is that they wear wigs and put their hair in protective styles just um the whole so not Thanks. that in this yeah no not it's... that at all it is it is great though because we have in this book really one of the first like kind of fully owned voices books in the Star Wars new canon, I would say. Like and I may be forgetting other books, but like it is it's great to see characters that are like A, we're not coming from a background of knowing these characters, so Zoraida had full freedom to make them who she wanted to make them. And B, like they are, uh, you know, very clearly coded as space Latinx. And it's, what are you, oh, did you hear the dog? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Miranda was making like a weird, like, pitter-patter gesture on her screen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see. Um, yes, he is in the background. Um, but yeah, and so like the, that kind of more explicit coding, but written from like an area of really feeling... I hate the word authentic because it's just white people <laughs> use it to describe food and think that they're being culturally sensitive, but like, like a really like intentional place. It feels like. Yes, exactly what you said. I feel like, um, also they kind of just remind me of, um, from Lost Stars. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to be Kristen for a moment. I forget their names. Yes, it's um, Sienna. Sienna. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I get those huge vibes. Lost Stars vibes. Yeah, big Lost Stars book. vibes with the you know the childhood friends and it, it's it's fun because this one's a little different. Like they just kind of don't see each other for thirteen years. Yeah, but then it's still like, oh. <laughs> I was about to say this is gay, but it's not. <laughs> it's so I'm sorry. as gay as straights can be. I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? I don't know. She's like literally wearing his ring still, yep. like on a necklace, and like hasn't told him yet, even though they're like definitely into each other, starting to do some crimes, like dragging a whole ass speeder out of town to the space mechanic it's like a whole thing 
But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> I also uh, love um, this, the mutual... My, my favorite moment in this first half of the book is just when they run into each other and just, like, the mutual at the same time, oh, no, they're hot. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. That comes, that like, really after she punches him in the face, too. Yes. It's great. Also, the speeder scene just, like, made me laugh because for those who don't know, uh, Zoraida does um, a lot of YA writing, but she also writes romance novels. Uh, so this beater scene where they're like talking about Jules's muscles, I'm like, Zoraida, you have this same paragraph in a fic that goes in a very different direction, don't you? <laughs> it's fine. Just just backspace a couple words. It works. Exactly. It fits right in. I really liked um, when his friend when they were um, at the docking bay restaurant or well, that's what it is in Galaxy's Edge. I don't know if that's yeah. what they call it in the book. I can't remember. Um, but. Um, and his friends come over and they're just like giving him such a hard time about like uh, how he falls in love like super quick and all this stuff and him being just like a a huge romantic and getting his heart broken over and over again. <laughs> Those are the most realistic friends though because then later yes. they're like, he's single by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking. <laughs> It was so great. It was like, name one time I've ever gone head over heels romantic. Three three anecdotes later. All right, shut up. Yeah, they came with receipts. For sure. Uh, um, but I've had the yip yip. Oh, it's, yeah. It's it's okay. Is it is it chicken? It It, it is. Um, I think it's overpriced for well, the not at my disney <laughs> um yeah my uh my sister-in-law actually had it and she didn't like it so i finished it for her um it was all right i would probably eat something else the ronto's roasters i would eat there okay those are those are good <laughs> sorry <laughs> just I no, know it's I know important. it's off topic. I know if I, I mean it's not off topic, but it's off topic, but I feel like I should let you guys know because <laughs> at some point the Rona is not going to be a thing and we will be you will be there. I don't know if we'll be there together. That'd be cool if we were um at Galaxy's Edge together. So well, this whole podcast is off topic, not off topic. So <laughs> feel see, feel free to continue to do that. <laughs> But now we know why she didn't eat her yip yip. Why she yep. didn't eat what? Why she didn't eat her. Yeah. Why she, she didn't finish yep, the yep, chicken because yeah. it was yeah. overpriced and it's mediocre. Like, no <laughs> other reasons. It just wasn't that good. Like throw, you know, like upend the table, storm out. This is terrible chicken. This is terrible space chicken. It was not terrible. It was just okay. <laughs> This is mediocre space chicken. I demand exactly. more from this, like this tiny planet in the middle of nowhere. I feel like if you told Cookie that his tip yip was mediocre, you would not leave. I would recommend not doing. I that. would never tell him that to his face. No, I, no, sir. <laughs> like, he he used to be Maz Kanata's chef. You don't want to fuck with him. He oh yes, shit. That's something that I read in this book. <laughs> Words. I was, I, 
actually, that kind of confused me a little bit because it felt like so recent that he was there and then he was over here. And I was like, it just seemed really weird that he was, it felt so too recent for him to be like already have established himself, um, I guess, in Batu. I mean, yeah, he he didn't job search for that long. Yeah, no. I think you sure. could argue that like there's not really a lot going on there. It's like fair. Ronto's roasters, the cantina, the corn, profit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, Cat Saka does have a popcorn stand. <laughs> And honestly, the only reason I, like, have a vision of, like, what they were talking about with the farming and, like, Katsaka's farm and, like, the, you know, the kernels of whatever was because I knew that there is a popcorn stand <laughs> called, like, Katsaka's, like, whatever. It is It is very funny. That's That popcorn's good, though. I just like it. Hmm. Noted. We, I give you all the tips. <laughs> we, like Jules, can be fans of Katsaka's popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, um, we were talking about Izzy and Jules at some point. There was a relationship there. Um, but, like, I think part of it too, and like what makes it kind of weird, like, besides just not seeing each other for 13 years and suddenly being like, oh no, is that, like, Izzy's family just bounced in the middle of the night. Like, they, you know, they're having fun, climbing the shit, whatever. And then it's like, okay, they don't live there anymore. They're just gone. Not, nothing in the house. Like, side note, Haiki want a trilogy about Izzy's mom. Yes. Like, what is her deal? Very interested in that. But it's like, it's kind of like somebody it's the space batu equivalent of somebody dropping off the face of the earth except then they come back and it's like I holy mean, like how do you even process that as as someone who moved away from uh i was born in los angeles as somebody who moved away from los angeles when i was like six um and like my kindergarten like best friend and i were like very like inseparable at that time and she was like very broken up that i was leaving and like we just like never really reconnected because it was 1996 and <laughs> there weren't really ways for five six-year-olds to reconnect at that point <laughs> um but no i like i felt that though because it was like yeah you have this person who was like a part of your life like you live nearby like mm -hmm. their parents work like you're together a lot of the time and, and at your that kids, point, so there's nothing else for you to do. Like, yeah, and like at that point, when you're that young, like if you've got a good friend, that's your fucking life. Mm -hmm. Like you got your best friend, you got your razor scooter that you don't actually have. You borrowed from a friend, but <laughs> <laughs> y'all can take on the world. And Watched then a it's lot like of Land Before Time videos in her house. I can only imagine that played Jules played a lot of Sims. Nice Sims, always classic. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of um, interesting because I was reading this and 
we don't know exactly when her parents died um right we don't they didn't she hasn't said that yet right sorry spoiler Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it's it's star wars it's not a spoiler that her parents are dead (laughs) (laughs) good one i was gonna say don't worry this podcast is not spoiler free considering (laughs) it's literally about a book (laughs) that we're reading (laughs) all good we always give the actually we never give the spoilers ahead warning because we're like don't listen i feel to like we podcast. did it in our first episode and it's then the we just like we're like you get it <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it technically says it in our episode notes every week question it mark does. It does. this this <laughs> this podcast, podcast is, is not, not spoiler free <laughs> yes i, mean, I have never once read your episode notes i just listen <laughs> That's so good. i have sometimes no <laughs> honestly i can't remember the last time i read episode notes for a podcast so that's that's fair. Is that just me? Am I the only one who does that? <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. Oh my god. Anyway, Adriana, you were saying. Oh, okay. Um, it's interesting to me that, like, her parents died, right? And she she had her her ship, the Meridian, and she didn't. I don't do you, like. I wonder if she ever thought about going back. Um, cause she was alone and she, that's like her big thing is she doesn't like to be alone. So I always just wondered why she didn't go back if, if, um, considering like she still wears his ring around her neck. Yeah. Like she wouldn't have gone back if, um, pal, is that how you say his name? Pal? Yeah. I think. Yeah. The Rodian guy. <laughs> if he hadn't hired her to go like back it's very interesting to me mm-hmm. and um, i think that too um like it would be very interesting to see like when her parents died because i feel like at a certain point you know it's like you were a kid on batu and like you had that but at what point do you stop like really feeling the connection um there was a rest of the point there, but I don't remember the rest of the sentence. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I see what you're saying. Cause like, and, and I get, I honestly don't remember the timeline. I've read this book. Um, I read it when it came out. I don't remember the exact timeline. Um, but I get the feeling from reading it this week that it was more toward the beginning of 13 years ago than the end, because, you know, she talks about how she was at the Academy and her like quasi boyfriend there, his parents didn't like their kid dating an orphan. And obviously she's with Damar for, you know, however many months. Can I just say he's a dick? He's the he's worst. The worst. <laughs> he's the absolute worst. That's Got that's his. what I wrote in my notes. I wrote his name <laughs> and I wrote huge dick. <laughs> yeah. In the bad way. <laughs> I, I imagine. Um, I, I, I may have been the only one who heard that, Miranda, but I appreciated it. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, no, he's just out there with his, like, stupid blue hair, like, being too cool for school. And I'm like, dude, you're, like, maybe 20 years old. Shut the fuck up. I just get, go do crimes. We, we love blue boys. Grease vibes from him. Yeah. Which is hilarious because I saw Grease for the first time, like, a month ago. But... <laughs> was, no, it's like he's, he's John Travolta, but he wants um, Olivia Newton John to, like, do the Sandy transformation so like damar wants uh <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going her keep to be it. like i mean 
it seems Amanda, like he's you got are this so thing for the little old. gang leader. <laughs> <How you? laughs> no, 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 seriously, though. And no, like, no, sorry. keep he's going. He's Travolta, but without his, like, secret soft side in that movie. Yes. He's, he's like, a dude. He's all douche. Who smuggles. Yeah. <laughs> And he likes women who are good at smuggling and are cool and hot and what the fuck ever. Yeah, so he's very been... like John Travolta when he's in front of his friends and just like saying weird greaser non sequiturs that don't even make sense. <laughs> like, that's how I envision Damar. Um, just with can blue I hair, just say... right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to the YA trope of, you ruined my birthday. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Loving this. I love the writer's anyway. writing so much. <laughs> um, But yeah, so like I get the feeling that Izzy's parents died when she was younger rather than older. But I don't, we don't know yet, I don't think. Unless we all forgot. <laughs> I don't think they... I know, I know we know when Jules is... Yeah, his... Died. his dad died first and then his mom like what a year or two ago yeah yeah so. yeah they had they had bad too corona yeah it was bad yeah. <laughs> it was bad too. <laughs> um anyway so let's talk a little bit about i'm sorry Batu. no <laughs> As you can as you can see and as you know from listening, our segues are non existent. <laughs> and they are very much What's the transition. So... Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's when you do a screen swipe and then pretend like everything's fine. It's like we don't know how to do this. We're we're very Microsoft PowerPoint transitions in this podcast. <laughs> Just abrupt. <laughs> um anyway, so let's talk a little bit more about Batu and the first order. So we know they're here. We know that they're bad. We know they're evil. Again, first order is bad. Again, if <laughs> for those who are familiar with the Star Wars, <laughs> what's um, a Star Wars? <laughs> but the interesting thing that's written here is like all the people who are like ready to jump on board, and like, and it doesn't even seem like it's in a fear way. Like I know in Black Spire, they get people to like. They have a few collaborators, collaborators, but mostly it's fear that like gets people to work with them. But here it seems more than that. I don't know. What did you guys think? Yeah, I I thought it was really weird that you know two guys who were working for Doc just like stopped showing up to work, and then Jules saw them later. Like, oh, they're screaming about the First Order. They want us to be like that, be evil, do crimes, something. It's like that. I don't know if you guys have seen that meme. Uh, is it a meme? I don't know. Um, but it's that. It's a photo on. I saw it on Facebook. Please don't judge me. Um. I, I send a lot of memes from Facebook <laughs> and just like crop everything out that tells you it's from Facebook. <laughs> it's like that 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 picture and it's got like I don't understand how uh Nazi Germany happened and then like it's a photo of like a bunch of Karens and they're like, Oh, I understand now. <laughs> 
that's what that's what that reminds me of. That's the vibe I got. There's a lot of Batu Karens. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot of space Karens who are like, this is fine. Space Karens and they're like shitty children in MAGA hats. <laughs> oh my god, it's just like home. <laughs> oh my god, I saw just like off topic, but I saw some like fucking local news clip covering some like anti-mask protest and they like one of the clips was this like kid who couldn't have been more than like eight years old being like the flu kills more people than coronavirus and i'm like i i want to call child protective services Great, get your fucking flu shot i still need to get mine but do it yo do it that's no moon this flu season is gonna be bad anyway back to star wars <laughs> um but yeah it's there's very much the people who, you know, for whatever reason, which they are down on their luck, they just don't like people in Batu. they just, you know, don't feel safe in their neighborhood anymore. <laughs> um, like, they want order, and that is, you know, that is obviously what the First Order provides. It's the First Order. Hey. Yeah, and I think she even mentions, um, there's a line that she says, like, when um, there either is work or there is, like, no work. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if there's no work. And there's only, like, three places to work at in that, too. So, I mean, if you can't get work and you're not living in the best, on the best planet, yeah, and I mean, like, it sounds like you're either a farmer, or you work for Hondo, or you work for Oga or one of the gangs. Like, yeah. it kind of seems like those are your three paths in life. You can be a this the scrapper kind of person. Yeah, you can be a scrapper. That's who true. is the guy who runs that? Savvy. Savvy, yes. I only know that because of the Four lightsabers. Jobs. I was going to say, that's the, that's the lightsaber <laughs> workshop, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never been there. Well, I was too poor before, and now that I don't have I to pay my that. now that I don't have to pay my student loans because of the Rona, I can't go anyways. Ah, <laughs> uh, the worst. Fucking Rona. Rona giveth, the Rona taketh away, but mostly taketh away. Mostly taketh away. <laughs> You're getting through a lot of new drops this episode, Kristen. <laughs> Um, but it is, we do get this interesting view of, like, Jules when he's, obviously when he's a little more depressed about, like, trying to run from people and, like, also, like, upset about, like, seeing people protesting in favor of the First Order, but being, like, you know, they're wrong, but they're also not wrong. Like, they, they say that Batu is run by you know, gangsters and crime syndicates, and they are factually correct in that. It's not a great place to live. No. But it's not ideal. You know, they're kind of outside the New Republic. Well, I mean, the New Republic is gone anyway. Yeah, everything's oh, okay. outside Okay, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it was outside the New Republic. It's outside of any kind of galactic governance. And it's just, it's one of those places like, you know, Jakku or Tatooine, except, you know, it's not like the Huts ruling it. It's like, 
this person owns a cantina. She'll probably yeah. kill you. It's more localized, for sure. Um, yeah. But, like, it, it's it's sketch. And, you know, there are going to be the people who are like, law and order, like, we don't like our neighbors because we're probably space racist. Um, the First Order's here, and they promised us law and order. <laughs> boom, boom. Hello there. <laughs> It's and then it's interesting because you have Izzy, who obviously is more well traveled, hasn't been back to Batu in a decade, but she's the one who has like actually seen any of the rest of the galaxy, and is like, no, 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 you think you have it bad, but you still have a planet, so you're not as bad as the First Order. Like it's a very easy bar. It's a yeah. low bar. No disintegrations. <laughs> But yeah, and we'll see, I believe, more about, like, the people who work for the First Order and how that dynamic kind of develops. And obviously we saw a little bit about it in Black Spire, um, the the book Black Spire. I keep, like, I get confused because, like, obviously the outpost is Black Spire Outpost, but then the book is also called Black Spire. Um, but in... Happy Suns. Huh? Happy Suns. Is that what the thing is? Bright suns. Bright suns. Oh, shit. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we see in the book that, you know, there's a certain amount of the population trying to rise up against the First Order, but it doesn't really go very well. And we're going to kind of see the after effects of what long-term occupation will do to a place in the second half of this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a thought. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if this is like just because it's Star Wars and there's always something kind of like <laughs> nefarious going on or if it's like Batu is just mad sketch. Um but like we see the good people in this book start to make like really questionable choices. Like Jules is presented as like this nice sweet farm boy. You know, he's he wants to get off the planet, but he's been working. You know, he's, like, living with his sister. I don't know. That's not relevant. But, like, he, especially in contrast to Izzy, is, like, very much on the straight and narrow. And then it's like, oh, by the way, um, let me do some crimes and, like, steal this access card out of your pocket. <laughs> so we can steal some stuff from inside the room. I mean, it's he, fine. Don't he, look over here. He executed that very well, so I have to believe that's not necessarily the first time he might have done that. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Like he he knows what he's doing. I think yeah, that was a, just the nature of everyone. Kind of knows. Yeah. 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 The quote unquote like straight and narrow on Batu is very relative. Like it's not what Leia experienced growing up in the palace at Alderaan by any stretch. Although that said. I have full confidence Leia would have also flawlessly picked the Carcaridon's pocket. Oh, yeah. That doesn't sound too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Uh, All right. Any final thoughts on this first half of the book before we wrap up for the day? Um, Oh, okay. So I kind of want to talk about it. Um, Yeah. So I've been obviously to Galaxy's Edge many times and I think the reason that for me it's disappointing is 
exactly why I like this book is there. There's so many aliens. There's so many different colored beings <laughs> there, and and you go to Batu. You go to Galaxy's Edge, and um, it's supposed to be immersive. And there's just not enough aliens. There's mm-hmm. no aliens. There's no characters. There's no people walking around. Um, with Liku, there's no... Um, uh, what is... Uh, Nautilins? Is that, mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah. So um, I think that's just, for me, like when you're talking about an immer- immersive experience... Um, and you read about it, and you read you read about all these characters that are there, and then when you go, and it's just a random person from Pasadena <laughs> serving you popcorn, you're just like, okay, <laughs> um, it's not cookie su- serving you yip yip. So uh, I think uh, for me, that's that's why, and I feel like Disney has the capacity to provide that to us but they they've got the fucking money yeah look yeah. at the size of that thing <laughs> like you buy how many like princess and like goofy and pluto costume and all these costumes for other people you couldn't like spring for a little bit of alien makeup mm-hmm. and i think the thing too i obviously have not been to galaxy's edge because there, there are reasons I don't know, but like, you know, in in this book, it's just like Miranda. So f- that was so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You haven't been because like you just moved out to the West Coast and you were gonna go, but then Rona. It's not. Oh, that I wasn't. Dramatic. I mean, go. it's dramatic, but I, huh? I wasn't gonna go. I've never been to. Oh, I mean, like Disney. you were theoretically gonna go. We were all gonna go At to celebration point. this year. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Gosh. Um, anyway, sorry. I just had to call you out for being like, you know, reasons. Miranda and her mysterious past involving Galaxy's Edge. I'm like, I'm like you were you were poor and unemployed, and now that you have money, it's coronavirus. Oh, now that I have money, I spend more of it than I have. It's fine because stuck inside with online shopping. But uh, you know, it is something that's like so flawlessly woven into this book because it's space yeah there's like all sorts of different like there's a thing where i i think lee is her name hondo's like number two kind of gal yeah who at one point just for a paragraph is like bitching about how her mom doesn't like her girlfriend because she's like (laughs) tagruda yeah it's like this is the content I came for. <laughs> because it's gay. I was going to say, by that you mean less. <laughs> Listen, I am a simple woman. But it's it's just like that kind of thing. It's like, you know, in, we just like see all of these different folks wandering around Batu. It's good. Yeah. I don't have a point anymore. No, I mean, you like you have these this diverse cast of characters and um and that's it's just not there um and it makes it kind of it makes it kind of boring because you know especially because they branded it as immersive 
You know what I mean? Um, so I expect to see um, aliens. I expect to yep. see. I expected to see more stormtroopers. There's not. There's two. Hmm. Um, at any given time, be- there's mostly two. They follow Kylo Ren. Um, and I don't like. I don't like that guy. Do. I hate that guy. <laughs> um, immersive means immersed with white people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this. This is an immersive experience for Karens. Yes. This is Brenda. She Brenda from. <laughs> Uh, I think I've seen Brenda from Downey working at Batu. That's always nice to see. Um, but yeah, so the, I think I think um, you know, and and like I kind of knew that before I read this book, but reading this book just kind of solidified it because I'm like, it's here, it's here. Why can't I have it there? Um, yeah. And ultimately, um. There's only like three places in Batu. Yeah. <laughs> so once you do those three things, there's nothing to keep you kind of going back. I mean, there's no shows. You would think like there's like uh, it's a Black Spire outpost. You'd have like street vendors, street shows, all these different things happening. I want to see Jules. And Izzy walking around, but to right? holding hands. That would be so oh cool. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to see space dipping dots. Do they make it like Earth ice cream? <laughs> there, no, there's... <laughs> oh my god, you're the worst, Miranda. There's no... There's I no... don't like you either. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's... I mean, I really also... Yeah. I, I feel like we'll talk about this. You guys tend to talk more about this kind of stuff in the wrap up, but I just wanted to like kind of put it out there. And then um, I don't know how the rest of the book is because I haven't read that far. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just I had to get it off my chest. No, that's super fair. And I, I, I get it because one of the things that I – love about this book so much is that it does make you feel like you're in a location like it feels very grounded mm-hmm. and obviously that's intentional because they want you to feel like you're, you want to go to a specific location but it is frustrating that the, the location doesn't live up to you know Zoraida's depiction of it yeah so in that sense reading this book made me sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I really, I really liked it. I did. I was confused because I didn't think we were gonna get any plot because there was not a lot of plot <laughs> in this these first chapters. So whoever whoever picked the cutoff spot, who did that? Yeah, that was me. Why would you? <laughs> that was more just because it was halfway through the book. <laughs> Sometimes the cutoff spots are very well thought out. They fit with what we're reading okay they're rarely that but like this one was particularly Somet- halfway through the book sometimes he hits it yeah you like you cut us off right right before we get to the plot heavy stuff i know just a lot of the like yearning yeah beforehand who says no i mean touche <laughs> All right, well, I think we'll leave it there. Um, We will be back next week uh, finishing up the reading part of A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova. 
uh, reading chapter 12 through to the end. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and email us, or Twitter and Instagram at bookworspod. Email us, bookworspod at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station, uh, Meg- Tashi Station Radio Megafeed. Good lord, I cannot talk today. Uh, it is the best way for people to discover the show. And hey, Disney, we're talking about uh, Galaxy's Edge. So, uh, you know, give us money. Throw some money our way. Love that sweet, sweet Disney money. <laughs> um, again, do not donate to us right now. We appreciate uh, anything you want to give. Uh, if you do, please give it to uh, any racial justice organizations, either locally or nationally, that move you. Um, on that note, thank you to everybody who entered our raffle. We did get some more entries. I'm sorry, Daniel, you are not the automatic winner on this one. <laughs> um, we will be announcing a winner on next week's episode. Thanks to everybody who gave. Thanks to everybody who donated. We got a really wonderful assortment of uh, organizations uh, that were given to from local Black Lives Matter Matters groups to... Uh, Black Girls Code was another great one. Like, just some really phenomenal groups were a part of that. We're really glad that we could direct people in that direction. Um, and most of all, thank you so much to Adriana for being on this episode. And we're ha- excited to have you back next week as well. Um, do you want to tell the folks where they can find you in the meantime? Uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Celestial Intent, and you can also, uh, if you want to follow the Clashing Sabers uh, network of podcasts that I am on, that would be superb as well. Beautiful. Everybody, check her out and follow her there. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. And our audio and production is done, as always, by the inimitable Kristen Cerisi. Uh, I'm Chris for uh, Miranda, Kristen, Kate in absentia, and Adriana. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod, and we'll talk to you next week. I think I don't think you should use phrases as big as in absentia that gives us <laughs> that gives us like some kind of <laughs> you might say it gives us too much gravitas yes that's the bitch makes us seem legit wouldn't want that <laughs>